the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The White House issues a weak statement on the Chinese protests. It's not just for domestic use. That's a model of repression they want to export around the world. Elon Musk claims Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store. If this were to be the case, of course, uh, that's a huge blow to Twitter. Economy experts warn that the U.S. economy will take a hit in 2023. Fourth quarter is going to give a false Mm. signal, and next year we're going to start paying the morning Uh. after. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, November 29th. I'm Mike Scott. On Monday, protests continued around at least 10 cities in China over Beijing's strict coronavirus controls and suppression of free speech. Some of the protests have led to clashes with police and numerous detentions, including two foreign journalists. The outbreak of civil disobedience was triggered by a deadly apartment fire in Xinjiang, which killed 10. Video of that incident posted to social media seemed to suggest the tragedy was brought about by strict COVID lockdown policies that kept firefighters from helping victims. MSNBC's Janice Freyer, who is on the ground in China, discusses the latest from the protests. I think what makes these protests remarkable, Garrett, is that they are simultaneous protests happening in multiple cities with people rallying around a single issue in a country where open defiance is a risk. It comes with dangers. What what we're talking about with zero COVID is a, a system that has control over every aspect of daily life, of uh, how you travel, where you can travel. Uh, near daily testing, uh, quarantines, lockdowns, restrictions on your mobility. It's been three years of this, and people have been growing frustrated. There was the sense that maybe things would change after the 20th Party Congress, once Xi Jinping was able to uh, sew up his leadership within the party. But then things didn't change. And that's why by the time the boiling point hit on Friday night with that tragic fire, anger had really been brewing. And it's why we're seeing this, this swell of defiance, people chanting openly, calling for freedom, calling to end lockdowns, to end the testing, to end all of these things that have upended daily life, have choked the economy, and have left people three years into the pandemic gasping. What is also lacking here is any clear exit strategy from the leadership to suggest to people that there is a way out. Hugh Hewitt is host of the Hugh Hewitt Show on the Salem Radio Network and believes that the Chinese Communist Party simply doesn't want to admit their COVID policies have failed. 
It's the most unrest in that communist dictatorship since the Tiananmen Square protest of 1989. We know how that turned out, but they were all in one place, so the country was able to mobilize that kind of army response, and they probably can do the same at a variety of places around the country, but people have had it with their zero code. It doesn't work. And what China is worried about is that their their vaccine, the homegrown China vaccine, doesn't do anything. And their healthcare system will be overwhelmed like ours was two years ago because they haven't used the right vaccine. They don't want to admit that theirs doesn't work. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has come under fire from critics for issuing a tepid response to the protest in China, focusing on the difficulty of a zero COVID response instead of the Chinese people protesting for their freedom. The Biden administration's statement read in part, we've said that zero COVID is not a policy that we are pursuing here in the United States. And as we have said, we think it's going to be very difficult for the People's Republic of China to be able to contain this virus through their zero COVID strategy. Republican Representative Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin joined Fox News and said, that while protests are moving, he doesn't believe they show a crack in support for Xi Jinping. I don't think the control of the Chinese Communist Party is starting to crack. She purged any dissenters at the 20th Party Congress, but they will continue to crack down on their citizens, and who knows where that leads. I mean, think where we are. Three years after a virus that likely leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, they're still welding Chinese people into their apartments. We've had apartment buildings burned down with people locked inside. We have toddlers being taken from their parents and put into quarantine camps. They're using the pretense of public health in order to institute a system of total techno-totalitarian control. And that's not just for domestic use. That's a model of repression they want to export around the world. And ultimately, what the Chinese Communist Party fears more than anything else is its own citizens. It represses the citizens because it knows that they are an illegitimate entity. They don't have legitimacy from the population. They fear their own citizens. And so we need to, as the CCP cracks down and doubles down on oppression, we need to double down on freedom. That's how we win over the long term, right? We have too many people bashing America and America. We have too many useful idiots in the American media. We need to embrace American values as a self-evident contrast to the Orwellian oppression of the CCP. That's how we win the ideological fight over the long term, by remembering that we're the good guys. Gallagher goes on to say that America is in a precarious position due to China owning most of the U.S. debt. One thing we've discovered is that when we war game out, let's say a Taiwan scenario, we war game out the kinetic side, the conventional military side. We rarely include treasury, commerce. We rarely war game the financial and economic escalation. We saw this in Ukraine, both in 2014 and in this past year. We had to sort of improvise and make up our financial and economic warfare strategy. The same is true with China. And at the same time, she is preparing his citizenry for economic warfare with the West. We also just need to 
get our own fiscal house in order. It's insane. You mentioned $30 trillion, but we have unfunded liabilities to the tune of over $100 trillion. We can't just increase the debt ceiling without structural reforms. There are things we can do, whether it's the RAINS Act, whether it's the Federal Government Worker Attrition Act, whether there's a variety of structural reforms we need. Otherwise, we're just going to destroy ourselves long before the Chinese Communist Party beats us in a war over Taiwan. On Monday, Peyton Gendron, a self-proclaimed white supremacist, pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and other state charges in a mass shooting that killed 10 people at a supermarket in a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, back in May. Gendron was accused of carrying out the attack, which also wounded three other people, with the intention of killing as many African Americans as he could. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says Gendron's guilt was never in question. The penalty for this horrific crime is for this individual never, ever to see the light of day again. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn says the shooter will spend life in prison with no chance of parole. Justice has been done today. But while justice has been accomplished, nothing will ever bring back the 10 beautiful people who lost their lives on that day. Flynn says Peyton Gendron pleaded guilty to charges including hate-motivated terrorism counts. No individual in the history of the state of New York has been found guilty of that domestic terrorism charge motivated by hate until today. And he pled guilty to that highest charge today. He also pled guilty to all the first-degree murder charges, all 10 counts. Flynn says videos streamed by the shooter's own helmet camera left no doubt about his intent. In just over two minutes, the defendant, with the intent to murder as many African Americans as he could, killed 10 innocent black people and attempted to kill three others. Some legal experts believe that the guilty plea could be an attempt by Gendron to avoid the death penalty in the federal case, which is still pending. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, went on a tweeting barrage on his platform, going after Twitter's top advertiser, Apple, on Monday. Musk claims that the company threatened to block the social media app from its app store without explanation and mostly stopped their ads. So today, Elon Musk has once again been going viral on his own platform and others. This time, he's stirring a fight with none other than Apple. Now, Musk says Apple has halted most of its advertising on Twitter and asked the company, quote, if they hate free speech in America. He even appealed directly to Apple CEO asking... What's going on here, Tim Cook? He also went on to accuse the company well, of threatening to remove the platform from its app store. He did not say why, though. And now 
This all comes as many companies have halted spending. We know on Twitter amid concerns about Elon Musk's content moderation plans for the site. Watchdog site, in fact, Media Matters, reported last week that half of Twitter's top advertisers had pulled their advertising on Twitter after concerns about the direction of Twitter. Look, Ford Jeep among them. Elon Musk, meanwhile, has been blaming activists for pressuring advertisers and has talked about Twitter seeing a massive drop in revenue already. He said in the past that he wants to make money for Twitter by turning it into a paid subscription service with a relaunch of its paid verified services due Friday, of course. But for now, the vast majority of Twitter's revenue still comes from advertising. According to reports, Apple was the top advertiser on Twitter, spending $48 million on ads on the social network. Apple's spending accounted for more than 4% of Twitter's revenue that quarter. In response to the alleged threat, Twitter's CEO went after Apple's CEO Tim Cook in a series of tweets, which garnered the attention of lawmakers on Capitol Hill, who have legislation that would seek to dismantle the power that Apple and Google have through their app stores. Kurt Wagner of Bloomberg says that if Apple were to pull Twitter from its app store, it would essentially cripple the social media company. This would be that Twitter is routinely, uh, you know, allowing uh, terrible content on the platform. Usually Apple reserves this for, you know, uh, egregious violations. And so if this were to be the case, of course, uh, that's a huge blow to Twitter, right? The App Store is is probably um, the main way or one of the main ways that most of its users uh, get the app, get app updates, so, you know, for example, I believe the app would still work on my phone, but in order to, you know, get an updated version, I have an iPhone, I might have to, you know, figure out a way to download that from the web. It's the kind of thing that's going to erode over time and cause a lot of people to either stop using Twitter or, or you know, uh, possibly have to move to a different device. And so that's a huge issue. And one of the reasons I tweeted that I think Twitter needs Apple a lot more than Apple mm. needs Twitter here. And that's because Apple has the distribution at its at its fingertips. Wagner goes on to explain that Musk has threatened to expose what really goes on behind the scenes at tech giants like Twitter. He's certainly kind of uh, piquing our interest, right? He's saying, hey, look, now that I'm inside the building, now that I've had time to figure out, you know, what's been going on in the code or behind the scenes, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of unveil what Twitter has been hiding from you this whole time, right? And, and presumably... Um, the way I'm reading that is that means he's going to come out and say, you know, here are the types of tweets that maybe were downranked in the algorithm or here's the types of accounts that had been removed that maybe you didn't know about. Again, this is speculation, right, because he's, he's intentionally sort of building this drama there. But again, you know, what he has tried to say all along is that he is this free speech uh, kind of evangelist and he's going to come in and he's going to make Twitter the free speech version of the service that people want it to be, that it has not been because it has, you know, rules around what you can and cannot say. Apple has promoted the App Store as a safe and trusted place, but it has struggled to uphold its standards. A 2019 report found 1,500 reports of unwanted sexual behavior, many targeting children, on popular apps in that company's App Store. One of the Senate's leading gun control advocates admits the upper chamber lacks the votes needed to pass an assault weapons ban. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew has more on the debate brewing on Capitol Hill. 
President Biden is hoping to use recent mass shootings to pass a ban on assault weapons during the lame duck session. But Democrat Chris Murphy of Connecticut says it's unlikely his party can muster the 60 votes it would take. Murphy told CNN State of the Union on Sunday he is willing to play the long game on gun control, coming as close as possible to 60 votes this year, then reintroducing the legislation in the next Congress. Bob Agner reporting. According to a new report, Wall Street investors believe that the Fed will trigger an economic downturn as it tries to rein in inflation, which still remains at its highest levels in 40 years. Recently, the Fed approved a fourth consecutive rate hike by three quarters of a point. However, what is troubling to some economic experts, the rate hikes have yet to tame inflation. This month, the government reported a consumer price index of 7.7% in October, stubbornly remaining at 40-year highs. Experts believe that those stats indicate that the Fed will have to continue to raise rates, which could crush consumer demand and cause unemployment to rise. Steve Forbes, the editor-in-chief at Forbes magazine, joined Fox Business and says that, in his opinion, next year the economy is going to take a big hit. The great high that in terms of transfer payments from the COVID crisis is coming to an end, especially Mm -hmm. for lower-income people. That's why you see the savings rate plummeting. We're down to 3 or 4% instead of the higher rate we used to have, even a normal economy of 7 or 8%. So what it means is that next year the economy is going to take a big hit. Fourth quarter is going to look better than the economy really is because people are determined to have a good Christmas. They are running up those balances on the credit cards. And it's going to go up the chain as those uh, savings that uh, came in during COVID where you couldn't spend the money fast enough uh, are being depleted by hundreds of billions of dollars. So fourth quarter is going to give a false Mm. signal. And next year we're going to start paying the morning Uh. after. Forbes goes on to say that he believes unemployment will rise next year. Well, uh, before the COVID crisis, about 6% of Americans work from Mm. home. Now it's about 18%. It tripled. So it's going to go down Mm. some because employers have discovered that having people in office, interacting with each other, doing things spontaneously, that kind of what they call brainstorming on the fly, is uh, critical for uh, moving ahead. And a lot of jobs uh, can't be done from the couch anyway. So, and at the same time, with the economy slowing down, you're going to have this uh, rosy mm. job picture start to uh, look uh, pretty, pretty bad. So, uh, it's all combining together. But there will be still a lot of at home. And also, the gig economy, where people are private contractors, the Biden administration is waging war on mm. that. And uh, so, uh, there's going to be pressure from that. Meantime, Jerry Boyer, host of the Meeting of the Minds podcast, explains why part of the problem with the financial markets is due to the Fed. Recent market volatility has led some to claim that markets themselves are inherently unstable, but the data do not back them up. The up and down of risk on and then risk off sentiment is associated with the instability created by our own central bank, the Fed, which has grown into a financial colossus starting with its reaction to the Great Recession. It is now the single largest player in our financial markets. That's a problem in and of itself, but the other problem is that the Fed has an inherently unstable dual mandate from Congress. It has the job of fighting inflation by selling investments to drive down prices. 
and also the job of fighting unemployment by buying investments to stimulate consumer sentiment. Every day, investors are forced to comb through the news and figure out which of the two contradicting mandates the Fed will follow next. The Fed should stick to its original mandate, sound money, or be replaced with something that will. Economic growth already contracted in the first two quarters of the year, with gross domestic product the broadest measure of goods and services produced in a nation, contracting by 1.6% in the winter and 0.6% in the spring. President Biden on Monday evening called on Congress to pass legislation forcing railroad workers to accept the labor contract that the White House brokered in September to avert a potentially crippling national rail shutdown. Daybreak Insider's Lisa Dwyer has more from the White House on this developing story. President Joe Biden is calling on Congress to pass legislation to intervene and block a railroad strike before next month's deadline. Business groups said even a short-term strike would have a tremendous impact on business and could cause economic pain across the country. Eight other rail unions have ratified their deals that include 24 percent raises and $5,000 in bonuses. The four unions still negotiating say the deals did not resolve workers' concerns about demanding schedules and the lack of paid sick leave as well as other workplace issues. I'm Lisa Dwyer. The U.S. Soccer Federation removes the emblem of the Iranian flag in a sign of protest. Daybreak Insider's Mimi Montgomery has more on the World Cup of Soccer in this developing story. The Twitter, Facebook and Instagram accounts of the U.S. men's team briefly displayed Iran's flag on social media, only bearing its green, white and red colors, but without the emblem of the Islamic Republic. In a statement, the Federation says it scrubbed the official flag to show support for women in Iran fighting for basic human rights. The Iranian government reacted by accusing America of removing the name of God from their national flag. The move adds yet another political firestorm to this year's World Cup and comes as the U.S. faces Iran in a decisive match on Tuesday. I'm Mimi Montgomery. And finally, the world's largest active volcano, Hawaii's Mauna Loa, has started to erupt, prompting volcanic ash and debris to fall on nearby cities. On late Sunday night, the eruption began on Hawaii's Big Island. On Monday... The U.S. Geological Survey said that lava flows were contained within the summit area and were not threatening nearby towns. However, the agency did warn that Mauna Loa lava flows could put some communities at risk and locals should review eruption preparations. Hawaii County Mayor Mitch Roth says there's no immediate cause for alarm after Mauna Loa's first eruption in nearly 40 years. The lava is pretty much by the caldera, so we have not had to do any evacuations. Ross says their experts show that the lava appears to be contained so far within Mauna Loa's summit. At this time, there's no time to be, there's uh, not a time to be alarmed. Hawaii's Volcano Observatory scientist in charge, Ken Hahn, says history indicates this eruption may not put people in danger. Since 18, uh, the 1830s, when we had the first Mauna Loa eruption, nothing from the summit has gotten anywhere close to 
a populated region. There have been lava flows that have exited the south end of the summit because there's a low area there. Uh, but again, they've stayed on the high flanks of Mauna Loa. So we expect the same thing out of us if it just turns out to be a summit eruption. Han says officials are keeping a close eye on Mauna Loa. Any Mauna Loa eruption is something to be concerned with, and that's what we've been trying to communicate to the people that live in these communities, that we want to be, we're on the world's largest active volcano, and the eruptions can be quite large and quite fast-moving at times. We, we cannot, cannot tell, tell you until the, the eruption develops how what is going to happen. Mauna Loa rising 13,679 feet above sea level is the much larger neighbor to the Kilauea volcano, which erupted in a residential neighborhood and destroyed 700 homes in 2018. The last time Mauna Loa erupted was 1984. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.